Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. And away we go. It's Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That's F-N-T-S-Y. Dan Stratford and George Kurtz with you for the next two hours. We're talking all things NFL playoffs. Wildcard weekend is upon us. Four games to break down. We'll uh, dabble in some fantasy discussion as well around what games to play uh, during the uh, fantasy playoffs. And uh, on we'll go. So, George, how are you doing on this Saturday? Doing good, Dan. Doing good, right? Waiting for our uh, wild card weekend. One of my favorite sports weekends of the year. We got good football all weekend long. So uh, looking forward to 430. I'm right there with you. It should be a fun one to uh, dive into here. We'll go uh, game by game as we often do, just breaking down both sides of the ball. Uh, I would like to uh, discuss with you, George, here at the top. What sort of uh, games do you get into here in the playoffs? Is it a uh, you know a, a single draft where you use a, one player per round? Is it uh, drafting for the entire playoff run? Do you like to go simply to uh, Vegas and more wagering, some prop bets during the games? What's what's your focus from a fantasy and/or wagering perspective uh, once we get into playoff football? Well, so now that wagering is legal, I'll certainly do more wagering uh, this weekend than I normally would. Uh, absolutely. Not during the Dallas game, because uh, as a fan of the team, sometimes I just wonder if I'm not seeing things clearly. So I won't be touching that game all that much. But the other games, I will uh, definitely wager on prop bets and the like if I don't like the uh, the spreads outright. As far as uh, fantasy is concerned, uh, I, I'm, uh, my home league was a regular draft. Yeah, not not all twelve uh, of us. Just uh, I think eight of us played. We did a regular draft, one to eight, eight to one snake draft. Away we go. Playing another league uh, where it's interesting. There are a lot of participants. I don't know exactly how many. It's I think it's in the hundreds. And what you do is you have to fill out twelve. 12-man roster. I think it's two quarterbacks, three, whatever, three wide receivers, three running backs, a couple of flexes, kicker, defense. But you have to take one player <laughs> from each team. Got it. You know, so you get, right? So you get, and you have to, that's how you fill your roster. So if you, if you take Ezekiel Elliott, it's the only cowboy you can take, and you got your one running back slot filled out, and you go on from there. So that's interesting with strategy and the, and the like not. And I'm in another league where, you know, uh, the NFL.com league or whatever site it's on, you get two times the players. If, you take, if the player goes on, you know, the more he goes on, the more points you get as far as the multiplication uh, like that. And maybe a couple other leagues, too. It's fun, a lot of them. I think the most important thing for me is, Dan, when I play in these leagues, the first thing I do, well, I shouldn't say the first thing I do. It's for every league. Is I map out exactly who, how I believe the uh, players are going to go. So I read, recede each round. Yep. And obviously, I'm keying on players that I think are going to the Super Bowl or players that I think are at the very least going to play in two games. I'm hoping for three, but at least two. You know, so you got obviously you want a team uh, a team that's going to win at least the game and play the next week. But you'd prefer to get teams that are going to play three. And of course, it's godly if you can get a you know wild one of these. If you think a team from the wild card round. You know, that's that's playing today or tomorrow is going to the Super Bowl. Well, then you be a, you really better key on those players. And that's a great point and something I'm I'm frantically trying to find here. I, I wasn't able to find it before the show started, but I think it's been a crazy run since the Ravens uh, made the Super Bowl a few years back of one or two seeds making the Super Bowl. It's been chalk um, for a large majority of the NFL. Yes, there's tons of parity in the NFL, but when it comes to the playoffs, um, someone who has had the bye has made the Super Bowl since that Ravens run which is now a long time ago. Now I said a few years, but um, so that is the the intriguing part of what George just said. And what I was going to mention as well, uh, beat me to it 
is you really have to map it out. You can't just look at round one and round two and say, oh, these are the players I want. You need to have an idea of how you see these things breaking down and where you think there's a legitimate shot to get two to three games from someone. And that is the important part. Yes, you could have a... Uh, let's think of an Ezekiel Elliott, let's say, go for 200 yards and two TDs and not, and the Cowboys lose. No offense to you, George. Um, but they lose, always and that down. helps you. <laughs> always trying to hurt you. Always, always going for the jugular. Um, uh, that's possible and could help you, and you could still win in the playoffs. But it is very unlikely uh, that you'll do that. So you really need to map out not only the wins in round one, uh, but how that reseeds in round two, where those matchups go, AFC, NFC championships, who you think is going to the Super Bowl, what the value is. You know, you, you see a lot more contests these days sort of taking on the look and feel of daily fantasy where you have a salary associated with a player. So you have to take that into consideration too. Can you buy a Kansas City Chiefs offensive player if they're going to be one and done? Can, can you do that here? Can you buy a Travis Kelsey or a Mahomes or, or a, a Tyreek Hill and, and get into that sort of depth quickly uh, if you think they're going to lose. Uh, so be be smart. Have fun. Obviously, playoff uh, fantasy is a different animal than season long uh, and should be fun nonetheless. I, I am starting to do a bit more research, George, on prop bets, uh, getting geared up for the Super Bowl because that is the, the mother load of all prop bets when you get to uh, talk about uh, the coin toss and the uh, national anthem length and uh, all the craziness that goes on during that Take game. Take the over of a national anthem. Over, 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 Always over, take over, the over, over. Um, unless God, it's like, talk. I, unless it's a rapper doing that. <laughs> if there's one here where like a hip hop artist does it, then fine. But um, other than that, I think you're going to get uh, the over almost always. What's interesting to me is that prop bets take such a life on in the Super Bowl much like the commercials, you wonder how much of the audience is truly watching the game. <laughs> like how much are like truly sitting there going, oh, that was a good play. You know, that was a nice run off the right tackle. They gained four yards. That's nice. Or they're just saying, oh, you know, that's 100 yards. That's my prop bet. I'm, I'm good to go. Um, as we talk through this week, we are going to break down a little bit more uh, specifically these games, look at each offensive side of the ball, see where those players might be that uh, can be diamonds in the rough from a, a playoff perspective. Uh, there is lots to break down from a wagering perspective obviously the over-unders the team implied totals uh pull up some prop bets as well want to talk about some of the narratives that we'll be seeing as well throughout the playoffs one of the big ones here george is ty hilton uh now hilton has been uh dogged by an ankle injury for i think about five weeks now and he has not practiced much uh, he has not done much uh, outside of playing the games. I'll, I'll say uh, Ian Rappaport, who uh, I assume all of you know who are listening to this show, known as Rap Sheet uh, over there on Twitter, uh, tweeted out this morning, and I, I kind of giggled at it because it was very uh, heavy on, uh, let me see if I can find it, uh, he- heavy on the dr- dramatics. Colts wide receiver T.Y. Hilton battling an ankle injury and listed as questionable, did not practice all week. And this is where it gets good. But based on his level of toughness and how he's handled injuries, the belief is he'll play today versus Texans, source said. No one expects any different. That's a lot of narrative there, Ian. Like, that's a, that's a lot of, this is a tough guy who plays football, and he's going to go out there and rub some dirt on it and play. We've also seen that he's played every week. And yeah, it takes a tough guy to do that, but it's his job. And he'll go out there and do his job and try to help the Colts move on. Um, How much are you watching Hilton's injury? How much does it concern you from a a production standpoint? And we'll talk through a few of the other injuries that are coming into this playoff weekend. Uh, None and zero. How about that? Uh, How much am I watching the injury? None. How much am I concerned? Zero. Uh, He's playing. He hasn't practiced in weeks. All right, so that, that's a non-starter here. There's been no talk at all this week that he's a chance to miss the game. Not one. You know, it's like, uh, this is this is not news. Yeah, this is not news at all. Uh, Tilton's fine. He's fine. He's, he's going to play. He's torched, torched the Texans secondary in two games so far this season. So uh, I think, uh, if anyone, I think Romeo Cornell is the one who's being driven crazy. Cause he's the one who has to, try to figure out how to stop him. <laughs> you know, bracketing hasn't really worked. Uh, I think you, ha- you, you have to have a safety over the top of Hilton. You have to. All right, if Eric assume, Ebron yeah. beats you, fine. If Dontrell uh, Inman, if Inman uh, beats you, he's the one who may not play today, but it looks like he's good to go as well. If he can beat you, fine. Pascal, fine. Chester Rogers, fine. Anyone but Hilton. It's really that simple for me. Hilton is not the reason... 
I'm not advancing for the divisional round if I'm the Houston Texans. It has to be somebody else. So, like I said, pretty, I, think you, I think you have to have a safety over the top, and, make, and that safety has to be told. Hilton does not go past you. It's pretty crazy, and this is another stat uh, scrolling through Twitter I saw. I think it was uh, J.J. Zacharyson, uh, late-round QB over there on Twitter, who tweeted out about Na- uh, Naeem Hines, who has 60 receptions as a running back. And I... I didn't know that. Like, I, like, it's not something I paid attention to. It's not someone I ever really considered from a daily fantasy perspective other than when Mac was on the shelf and there was a lot of shifting going on uh, in the beginning of the season. But that's a crazy number, and it obviously shows, George, the shift to the pass in, in the NFL. But this is the kind of guy from a, a playoff fantasy perspective that if you're looking for someone who not going to be on other rosters, maybe gives you some upside, um, could be an intriguing one. We'll, we'll break game by game down in a little bit. Don't want to uh, jump in front of that uh, discussion quite yet and get ahead of ourselves. Uh, the other injuries uh, to, to keep an eye on uh, this weekend, you had Allen Robinson removed from the Bears' final injury report against the Eagles. Uh, he had been dealing with a rib injury. Uh, doesn't seem to be much concern for him heading into the weekend. Uh, you have Melvin Gordon fully removed uh, from the injury report as well. We don't have a decision on Hunter Henry's status. I'm sure Stephen A. Smith is hanging on uh, with bated breath there to see whether or not Hunter Henry will play. Uh, Austin Eckler expects to play. Any injuries that uh, you think uh, will be you know, important to track or ones that could actually influence some of the games this weekend, guys that may be dinged up uh, that you think may suffer the, the consequences of being injured here? Or do you think this is a... Obviously, it's an all-hands-on-deck, but do you think uh, we're pretty uh, injury-free from a contributor standpoint coming into Wild Card Weekend? As far as we know, anyway, right? Uh, right. Well, we, yes. We, we, yes, yes, yes. They, they, we know they're going to lie to us, you know, and they're not going to tell us everything. And if they know and what's we're going okay on with, with certain players, we're, well, we're, we're, we're okay used to it. All right. I think at this point in life, listen, if you're surprised about it, uh, and any really sports team lying to you, well, you probably haven't been paying all that much attention because that, that's what they do. And I said, in some ways, I don't, really, I really don't blame them there. Uh, right. I, in, the, in the first game, uh, Indianapolis, uh, Houston, I don't think there's any injury. I mean, Kiki Cutie is another one as well, but really, it's all about Hopkins there anyway. You know, I don't think anybody has a secondary. Demarius Thomas is not playing. They truly don't have another receiver outside of Hopkins there. That's why uh, I said Cutie, I think, is going to play, but it's not something that's uh, I'm really truly paying attention to there. Baldwin for Seattle was taken off the IR report, although it's been interesting. He didn't practice, limited practice, not on the uh, not on the IR report. All right, we know he, the, the knee slash ankle still bothering him, so uh, whatever. But he's going to play. Once again, you said it, all hands on deck. He's playing. Dallas has injuries along the offensive line, but they're all healthy. Uh, well, I shouldn't say all healthy. Martin's playing. Uh, Tyron Smith's playing. Uh, the, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name, the left guard. Uh, it's, it's a Hawaiian name. He's probably not going to play. Not as important as Martin and Smith, but it means Connor Williams gets in there. And Williams has had problems at times this season. So that could be something uh, you look out for there about Dallas trying to run on the left side. You mentioned Hunter Henry. All right, interesting. Who the hell knows what he could bring? I mean, in some ways he has fresh legs, but he's obviously also coming right off ACL rehab. And uh, that would be intriguing to see if they put him in there. Uh, they have to activate him by 4 o'clock today, 4 p.m. Eastern today, to get him on the roster for tomorrow's game, to take him off on IR. So we'll know about that within the next eight hours that they're going to do that. Uh, I, think, I still think uh, Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen are still banged up. They're going to play, obviously, but they're still banged up. They're not the same, uh, same player they, uh, they were or used to be. So that, I think that's a problem there. Mike Wallace, not he was taking off IR, but not going to play uh, for Philadelphia. So if, I guess if you're playing one of those leagues, you're not worried about starting him. And if you like Aguilar, if you like the, I don't know how you could like any of these guys against the Bears defense, but if you did, you're okay there. They're going to go. You mentioned Allen Robinson. He's taking off the report. I'm sure he's still banged up. I just find it awfully coincidental. He's just fine. Two days before the game's going to start playing. Yep, yep, fine now. You know, that's a lie. We know he's not. He's just he's just well enough to play. And let's face it, at this point in the season, most NFL players are sort of that. They're all hurt. Or they're, they all have some degree of bodily ailment, which is what degree it is. But they can all play through it. Uh, the uh, one thing with the Bears, and we'll get to that game uh, in a little bit, uh, I do like underneath receivers. So kind of trying to figure out who's that guy on uh, the Bears, really. You'd think it would be their tight end, but he's been fairly non-existent on the season. So we'll we'll figure it out here and um, see what we can uh, get to. Are you talking about uh, Xavier Suafilo for the Dallas Cowboys? 
Is you that, did a better job Hawaiian than I did. I, I did. I didn't even try. Uh, I'm a big fan of... Uh, well, one, I think I've made mention this before. I struggle with uh, doing an NBA podcast where I have to pronounce Eastern European names, and I always forget, like, you know, the the C is more of a ch, and I, I get... Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, try doing rap. hockey, okay? Well, I, I, I think that's what we talked about before, doing hockey and, and getting there, and I made the point that uh, I once did a hockey podcast where I called uh, Jonathan Taze, Jonathan Toes, and got, like, <laughs> reamed for it, because it was when he was his rookie year, and I was like, oh, who's this guy, Jonathan Toes? And the guy I was doing it with goes, come on, dude, come on. Um, um, but I, I'm a big fan of using uh, baseball reference or pro football reference because they always have the pronunciation guide on it. And as a former play-by-play announcer, I became very well aware of honing how to say someone's name. I was once doing a Rutgers women's basketball game, and there was a, 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 a woman by the name of M- Amber Patellan was her name. But I kept pronouncing it Amber Petalon because that's how it was spelled. I had her mother come up to me at a game. And and come up and be like, hey, hey, Dan, you know, like your work, you're, you know, you do a great job. The last name, you're mispronouncing it. You're mispronouncing our last name. I was like, oh, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. And she's like, yeah, get it right. And walked away. I was like, ah, <laughs> all right. Wow. From then on, from then on, I've made sure to pronounce as many last names as possible uh, correctly. Plenty to get to here on our show. Uh, we have uh, two hours to break down four games, talk a little bit about uh, NFL playoffs, and uh, maybe get to some baseball as well as the calendar has turned. Dan and George, find us at FNTSY Radio over on Twitter. Want to hear from you right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Fantasy Sports Today, Dan Strafford, George Church with you every Saturday morning getting you ready for the games that are on tap. Don't forget, if you like to wager on sports or never have and would like to try, head on over to BetDSI. They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props, where you can utilize your daily fantasy skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV, or Get an edge with live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually any time during a contest. Capitalizing on in-game circumstances, there are so many ways you can make money. Use the promo code FNTSY101. That's FNTSY101 when signing up and get a 100% bonus deposit match. So head on over and open your account at BetDSI. That's promo code FNTSY101 to get your 100% bonus deposit match. Uh... Maybe you get some uh, fantasy bachelor in, in there, George. Is that something you're you're ready to, to dive into? Do you have the itch to, to do some uh, bachelor or bachelorette uh, betting? Uh, that'd be no. I mean, that'd be well, a big hey. no. Maybe in the future. Never, never seen the. Uh, I'm not a big reality. Outside of sports, I'm not a big reality show guy. <laughs> That's, a good point. That's a great way to say it. I mean, it really I, is. I, I've never seen Survivor. I've never seen the uh, what, the Amazing Race or any kind of singing or dancing show. Okay. Oh, the new one uh, out now is the Masked Singer. Have you seen? No. Have no, you seen no. promos on no. that? I've seen the promos. Yes, oh, I've yeah. seen those. Unfortunately. So what's funny is, and it actually ties into football. Amazingly, um, is last week I I I'd seen the promo for it and it looked kind of crazy, and it is kind of crazy. Uh, multiple celebrities wearing crazy outfits, dressed as animals in some way, shape, or form, um, singing. And so they have a, a, a mask on, but there's obviously the sort of hole for the mouth, and uh, they uh, sing, and then they have a voice modulator to answer questions. Uh, so there's a, a game show in the 50s or 60s, uh, Who's Lying, or something along those lines, where multiple people would try to be a certain character. So here's the game, and you have four uh, celebrity judges. 
Uh, so this past week, someone gets voted off, and you get to see who it is, right? You get to see who the person is that was singing and who was voted off. It was Antonio Brown. And this is after... Oh, so that's why I couldn't play last week. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Um, I I mean, I don't know when this was filmed. Uh, Obviously, TV's filmed well in advance. They edit things together. It wasn't live. Um, But holy hell, (laughs) to have that episode drop after all the shenanigans there in Pittsburgh, all of the things between Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown, and did he request a trade? Did he not request a trade? Uh, Does he want to leave? Is he this, you know terrible person who no one wanted to draft 15 years ago. I know it wasn't 15 years, but like all of that, he shows up on a singing competition (laughs) dressed in a costume. It was impressive. It was definitely impressive. One of those crazy moments in reality TV of just, oh, that, that, yeah, that makes total sense. Of course it's Antonio Brown. Uh, Apparently there are other athletes on the show. Uh, We just don't know who as of yet. So that'll be fun to see uh, what athletes have put themselves out there uh, to sing. On a, on a show like that with uh, knowing they'll one day be revealed uh, as uh, themselves. So it's a crazy one. I don't love it, but it is sort of that train wreck mentality, George, of reality television uh, where you get to watch the worst in people. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that one, but uh, I don't know if I'll, I'll wager on it at all. But uh, let's... Uh, Let's start talking some football. Let's start talking about these games, and we'll go uh, game by game as we always do here, break it down probably a little bit more in depth as we have just the the four contests. Uh, Start on the offensive side of the ball for one team, move to the other, and then talk some defense as well. Um, Look for any props that are out there. Talk about the wagering lines and make sure to give you the best insight we can here uh, throughout this show. Indianapolis at Houston. It's the 435 game uh, Eastern time later today. Uh, obviously, uh, I guess first we should talk about this Colts team as an overall storyline. Uh, this is the team we talked about, I think, midway through the year of, hey, you know, this is an offense that's starting to, to make things work. Uh, this is a, a defense that's starting to figure things out. Frank Reich clearly is uh, from the, the Doug Peterson, Sean McVay sort of school of thought, not from the tree, but the school of thought of offense wins. Uh, let's be creative. Let's go for things. Let's be a little bit more aggressive. Uh, Andrew Luck has been healthy. Lots of different storylines here for the Colts. Overall, your impressions, George, on the Colts, starting one and five, finishing 10 and six and making their way into the playoffs. Well, no matter what happens today, it's already been an extremely successful season for the Colts. All right, you got your franchise quarterback back, and he's back. He's back to being that quarterback. We are, I certainly had doubts. In the preseason, he looked like he was aiming the ball. They weren't having him throw the ball more than 10, 15 yards past the line of scrimmage. It looked like that shoulder still wasn't healthy. The strength wasn't there. Then it certainly is. And he's back to being that quarterback. So this has already been a successful season for uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Now, you really, you're going for gravy now. You're going for dessert. And I, I, I think they win the game. I think they're the, they're the better team here. Uh, I think the Colts, you know, they, that defense, although we're outside of them, we all know Darius Leonard. Well, you should know Darius Leonard, the uh, fantastic rookie. But other than that, it's really a no-name defense, but it's a solid defense. No obvious weaknesses here. They can get to the quarterbacks. Matter of fact, both quarterbacks can be gotten to, Locke and Watson in this game. Uh, but they can get to the quarterback. In my mind, found the Colts. Defensively, it's simple. Who's, uh, if not for Hopkins, who's beating me? Right. And I, I don't know if there's anybody else on Houston who can beat you. And you, you have to put D, three guys on DeAndre Hopkins, and you put three guys on Hopkins. Because I, other than him, I don't think Lamar Miller can't beat you. He just can't. I know he ran for 200 out yards in that one game. was a Monday night game this year. That's not happening again. All right? He, he can't beat you. All right? At this stage, it's crazy. He shouldn't be able to beat you. You should be able to calm him down. Hopkins can beat you by himself. You can't let him get loose. Uh, sure, Watson can make some plays with his legs, but he'll also get take some stupid hits, too. So maybe he gives the ball up here. But you have to take. You have to make sure you... I don't think you could stop Watkins, but you have to make sure you keep him in check. He can't be having one of these 12 catches, 167 yards, and two touchdown games. Right. You, know, you keep him in check, and I think you're doing just fine here. Offensively, you know, I don't think they're going to have much success running the ball either, but I think they can. You mentioned it earlier. Hines in the flat, Mack in the flat. You know, getting on the ball out there, I think, could certainly be an extension of your run game. You know, where you're running the ball, really, just putting the ball in the air to do it. Uh, So I think that can happen there. You can say the same thing about the Texans and stopping Hilton. The difference is the Texans have no secondary. I don't think they can do this consistently. And I like the Colts' secondary receivers more. 
as far as uh, you know, Inman Rogers. Uh, if you want to count Ebron as a receiver, I like him. You know, they just have better. There's nobody on the Texans outside of Hopkins that I'm afraid of. Not that I'm afraid of these guys that I just mentioned on Indianapolis, but at least they're more solid. You know, Ebron yep. has been a, a great addition. Everybody, every Detroit Lion fan. Must be puking in their mouths every time Ebron catches a ball, and I, my best, one of my best friends is a Lions fan, and oh, he, wow. he, I went out. Yeah, I, listen, I don't know why either. All right, don't ask <laughs> me. I don't, I don't know. I've asked. I've asked him. I've known the guy for thirty years. I mean, how did you become a Detroit Lions fan? Yeah, you, know, you think about. It, I guess it's Billy Sims back in the day. That has to be the reason why. But I, I don't know why. But he is. He's a Lions fan. I'll, I'll tell a story later about a, a Lions game that I know you'll remember. I'm not so sure. If mo, uh, our younger audience will. But uh, once again, Ebron has been one of the lead, touchdown leaders in the NFL. Luck looks for him in the end zone. Big target, hard to cover there. So I like the Colts today. Uh, they played to, uh, twice before. You know, the only game that Houston won really should have ended in a tie. That's the game where Frank Reich went for it on fourth and four at his own 43 uh, with the under two minutes left in the game in overtime because he, he didn't want to punt the ball away and play for a tie. If he punts the ball away, odds are that game ends in a tie. Instead, he went for it. They didn't make it. He, you know, made an easy field goal for Houston, and they won that game. And Houston won, uh, I'm sorry, Indianapolis won the other game, so they split the contest there. I just think Indianapolis is the better team. I think they're coming in as the hotter team. I think they're playing better. I think they win the game, even though it's on the road. And it's the first time, believe it or not, since the AFC South has been invented, which was in 2002, that two AFC South teams will play each other in the playoffs. No, not about that. Represent little tidbit for uh, you. Uh, AFC South. Uh, listen, this is a game that I think George uh, perfectly put about uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, this is a guy that can beat you in. And listen, I, I think we're seeing in the NFL the run game's not going to beat you. Like the, the run game, Todd Gurley running for 150 yards for the Rams is a recipe for success. Like that means they're not throwing the ball. You know, like that they're not that they're eating clock by running the ball, and you can score on their defense. And I feel like it's a similar situation here. If Lamar Miller runs for 125 yards, you're in good shape. Now, obviously, there are ways to to get to 125 yards, one big run or fourth quarter running. And I admit that it's not a a cut or dry statement. But I think that if you are letting Lamar Miller and Deshaun Watson run the ball, that means you're taking DeAndre Hopkins out of the game. And I think that's a big, big thing here. Um, I don't know how they'll do it. I don't know if it's a scheme change. Um, If it is quite literally uh, triple teaming him, you know, one high safety, one low safety, and a cornerback. Um, But I don't see, to George's point, any other way the Texans win here. I I just don't, other than Hopkins having a 120-yard, two-TD game. Um, the, the defense up front is stellar. Their defensive line is great. Absolutely. But their secondary, as George pointed out, is, is bad. Against wide receiver ones, and I assume everyone agrees that T.Y. Hilton is, they're 31st in DVOA. And again, I've said it all year, it's not the end-all, be-all stat, but it does give you a picture of how they've performed on the year. It's not predictive. It's not going to tell you what they're going to do this weekend, but it gives you an idea of what they've been doing all year. And now over 17 weeks and 16 games... They are the second worst defensive secondary against wide receiver ones. Only the Detroit Lions were worse. Tampa Bay just in front of them. New Orleans just in front of them. This is a bad secondary. And this is a game where, yes, I think T.Y. Hilton has a good game, but I, I'm, it's Eric Ebron's game. I, I think this is a, a huge, huge day for Eric Ebron. And I know I'm not, you know, jumping uh, uh, out in front of anything there and making a, a bold proclamation uh, of someone like uh, uh, Ryan Griffin uh, for the Texans or anybody like that. Ebron's had a great season. Uh, I don't know if you saw there was video rolling around of him uh, catching a touchdown and uh, coming over to the camera and saying, "I told them not, I told them not to guard 85 with man to man. I told them." I told them. Uh, pretty amazing how emphatic he was and how great he's been on the year. Uh, to your point about the Detroit Lions, uh, uh, fans have to be uh, sick to their stomachs watching uh, him put up 13 touchdowns, 750 yards, uh, 66 receptions on 110 targets on the year. Uh, it goes to show you what a good, great quarterback can do uh, for a tight end. But I think it's an Ebron day. I think T.Y. will be fine. And uh, brought up Hines before I think uh, George nailed it as well. This is uh, a Hines and Mack in the flat sort of day. You know, it's just get them out in the flat, let them get some space, uh, let them make uh, a little bit of difference uh, in how they uh, make it work. 
Any uh, prop bets from this one that uh, stand out to you? Things that uh, you think will uh, be uh, at least intriguing or fun to watch as this game rolls on? I, I do love my prop bets. And, uh, I, I'm, I I'm aware. They're fun. They're just fun, whether it's catches of a certain player uh, and, and a half or things like that. So it's, to me, that's... You know they're they're fun, so I uh, I do tend to go through them. Uh, the spread the spread itself, I'll take the Colts. Okay, you know, straight up, yeah, I'm taking the Colts. This is uh, I do like the Colts in this game, and what's funny is it's, it's a small spread. So obviously, if you like the team, I don't think they're gonna lose. Uh, you know, win by a point, we're gonna lose. So I'm gonna take that. Uh, I haven't looked as far as individual. Uh, uh, props, you know, uh, let's say four and a half catches for Ebron or something like that, an over under. But uh, looking at my bookie here, longest TD, uh, you know, uh, is interesting. I think I'd probably go under there, but I like it. Long field goal, uh, indoors. I'll I'll take the chance of a long field goal. You know, I almost always indoors. I love long field goal chances indoors, so I'll take the chance on that. Uh, Total field goals, which I think is at three and a half offhand. Uh, I'm going to take the under there. I'm going to take the under there. So uh, I just, I just don't feel like uh, it's, it's. Uh, I don't use, don't usually do total field goals here, but I, I think the team's going to need touchdowns in this game. I think we'll see uh, somewhere along those lines. But uh, a lot of that I could change on. But when I play uh, props, it's usually I go for uh, individuals. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the things here in my buggy. Total sacks is at five and a half, uh, which I'll go over. I'm going over on the five and a half here. Uh, once again, I, both these quarterbacks can be gotten to. You know, Sean Watts has been hit way too many times, and Luck is, can be sacked. And I believe offhand, the Texans have sacked Luck something uh, in the two games uh, double-digit times, maybe 12 times. You know, so I th- uh, the Texans will get there. So I'm taking the over-under on five and a half sacks in this game. I like that. So not on my bookie, but I'm going to run some of these by you that I'm finding uh, not don't need to tell you the site, but they are at least, I think, comparable to what we may see as individual uh, prop bets from this uh, Texans uh, Colts game. One uh, first touchdown score is always a fun one because I, let's be honest, it's a complete crapshoot half the time. But yes, uh, um, you have uh, DeAndre Hopkins plus three ninety five, Marlon Mack plus four fifty five, Lamar Miller plus four fifty five. T.Y. at 555, Ebron at 640, Deshaun Watson at plus 1100, and then we go on from there. Those are the ones I'll give you to start. Anybody, uh, I think Deshaun Watson at plus 1100 is is at least good odds to have some fun with. Uh, there's no strategy, you know. This- right. Oh, exactly right. Oh, exactly I don't like right. that. It's just, it's, just, it's pure guesswork. If I, out of all the names you mentioned, I like Ebron. <clears throat> Okay. I'd probably go right. Ebron there because I, I think Indianapolis scores first. And I'll t- I don't think it'll be Hilton because it almost has to be a long play. One thing about Hilton is he's not a red zone guy. You yep. know, so it has to be a long play. And the Ebron is the red zone guy. So uh, if, I, if I had to, I would go Ebron, but I won't be betting that. And on the, on this site, uh, you have also last touchdown score, which is a crazy one because you have to wait till like the very last play of the game. But uh, they have no touchdown score at plus thirty eight thousand two hundred fifty. So if <laughs> yeah. you want to just give me a six three game, folks. Hey, if you want to put ten bucks on it, uh, why not? Uh, let's go uh, to total passing yards. So now we are getting into individual players, and I think this will be a good uh, idea. Now I'm just going to read the number they have, the over under. They do have odds on both sides. Um, uh, for the, the bet, but quickly going through here, Deshaun Watson, 251 yards, 251 and a half yards to be accurate. Yeah. Uh, over under. That's gone up. You know, Mike Blewett and I t- uh, talked about these earlier in the week, and that was at, was that with 230s. It was 238. Now it's going to 251. So it's, it's gone up. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I'm going over. Okay. Uh, Andrew Luck, 287.5. Uh, that's uh, actually gone down. I think I was talking with Gabe last night. Uh, it was at 292 when I talked about it with Mike. And then with Gabe last night, I guess the site he was looking on had it over 300. So once yeah, again, I'm, shop around. Uh, yeah, shop around. Exactly. Yep. Shop around, boys and girls, because uh, that's gone down now. I'll take the over there. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Pass completions, 25 and a half for Andrew Luck. Man, that's a lot of completions. That's a lot of completions in this game. If they get up, they're going to run more in the second half here. I, I take the under, but uh, right. I probably won't touch it. I like these two. Russia, Russia temps. Russia temps for Lamar Miller, 14 and a half. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go the over there. Marlon Mack, 13 and a half. Under. 
And now the receptions as we close out this segment. These are the DeAndre ones Hopkins, six and a half. I got to go over. Yeah, you got to go, go over. Like, if there's any script here for the Houston Texans to follow, it's, it's that DeAndre it's Hopkins has. It's, it's easy because they, you know, Houston's going to throw to Hopkins. Indianapolis knows this, but I'm still taking right. my chances. T.Y. Hilton, six catches. I'll take the over there, too. And yardage here. Uh, total receiving yards for DeAndre Hopkins, 92 and a half. Got to go over. He, he's the only offense there. Got to go over. I agree with that. Uh, all right. We'll talk uh, next game up in the next segment. Plenty to get to here on Fantasy Sports Day. Dan and George coming back after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Got a gut feeling? No problem. Now you can bet from anywhere, anytime with the all-new MyBookie mobile betting platform. With the MyBookie mobile platform, you'll enjoy the safety and convenience of at-home betting when you're on the go. Try it out today, and you'll never miss another winning bet. Head on over to MyBookie.ag and open an account with the promo code FNTSY, and MyBookie will match your deposit up to $1,000. Yes, that's right, $1,000. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Dan Shaver, George Kurtz here with you going through wildcard weekend uh, for the NFL as there is a lot to discuss. We'll go game by game, talk some prop bets, talk the overall wagering and talk about some of the top plays in each one. Up next is the team I got most wrong uh, in the NFL. Well, that's not true. I got, I got someone else more wrong, but it was just that the Seahawks made the playoffs. Uh, the Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys, Seattle, finishing the season, uh, making the playoffs at 10-6. and six. I had them at no better than 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, Their season total was 9.5, so they beat that. No, sorry, 8.5. Uh, so they beat that uh, by a game and a half, and I was wrong. Uh, somehow or another, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll Made it work, uh, George. And, and this is a team I honestly, I will admit, did not watch a ton this year. I watch a lot of highlights. I read up on them, but I didn't get to watch a lot of live games of theirs. Uh, they just got it done. Uh, their defense did just enough. Uh, and Russell Wilson is a bit of a magician back there. Any overall thoughts on the Seahawks uh, and how this season progressed to where now they are a tough out here in the playoffs? Well, the, listen, the Seahawks, this is an interesting game with the Cowboys because of, uh, yeah, we all trust Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. Nobody trusts Jason Garrett, that first guy. <laughs> that's, that's the truth, right? It I is, mean, but uh, it's so sad when a Cowboys fan says it. Like it's, uh, but it's, it's the reason why. I think the Cowboys are the better team here. I'm not even sure it's all that close. Yep. But I trust Russell Wilson a lot more than I trust Dak not to make that big mistake. You know, yeah, I don't think until Dak proves he won't. You can't uh, assume he assume he won't, you know. And we all certainly, uh, you know, with, with Jason Garrett, you just don't know what you're going to get. My biggest fear is that Jason Garrett goes back to being by the book Garrett, you know, where everything, you know, everything just by the fourth and two punt doesn't even think about punt no matter where he is. Thirty-eight punt, you know, that's just the way he is. Uh, and maybe he won't be that. He's certainly not quite the by the book Garrett that he used to be. He has opened up somewhat. Now I'll give you some interesting stats uh, for tomorrow. Oh, actually, for tonight's game, uh, Dallas. Now, uh, generally, when I, when I look at a, uh, a playoff matchup, the first thing I look at is who's the home team? Cowboys. So there's an advantage there. But then, as I mentioned, the next thing I look at is the quarterbacks. You know, Dak versus uh, Russell Wilson. Hard not to like Russell Wilson a lot more. And certainly, uh, yeah, I'm liking Carroll more than I'm liking Jason Garrett. Stats are Dallas 7-1 at home in the season. Uh, against playoff teams, Dallas 3-3. Three and three. Seahawks, 3-4 three and four on the road this season. Uh, they did play one neutral game uh, in England, so I didn't count that one. If you're wondering why they only had seven, that's why. Against current playoff teams, they are 2-4. and four. Seattle won six of their last seven, but only one of those wins was on the, uh, on the road. So uh, they, haven't played many, they haven't played many road games of late, 
and they don't seem to play all that well when they're on the road. All signs point to Dallas here. I mean, almost any position you're grouping here, you're going to like the Dallas grouping better than the Seattle grouping. Yep. The, with the exception of the quarterback. <laughs> and generally in the NFL, it's a quarterback-driven league. So uh, that's the issue there, really. I think this game, Dan, could be played in about two hours. The way these teams, the both teams are going to run. They're going to run, 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 right? Run, 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 eat clock, keep defense off the field. That's the way both teams are going to go. And I think that could be a mistake for Dallas because you might be able to attack Seattle. Remember, their top two cornerbacks are both converted safeties. Yep. You might want to test them in a big game. You know, you might want to see if they make sure they're up to the task of uh, this double moves. To, George, this game has to be where Amari Cooper shines. Like, it has to be. Like, if, if it's not going to be this, and I know he had some big games down the stretch, but if they don't get off script and get away from Zeke and into Amari Cooper early, I think it's going to be a long, short game for the Dallas Cowboys. The problem is this. I, I completely agree with you, but, and I've been hitting this all season long. You've heard me say this before. So has everybody else who's listened. Dak is not a good deep thrower. He's not. You saw it last week versus the Giants, the two extremely bad misses to a wide-open Amari Cooper, for which would have been, I think one would have been a 60-yard touchdown, another one would have been a 40-yard touchdown. And when I say he was wide open, I'm not talking NFL wide open, which is pretty much right. two yards. I'm talking high school wide open, where it's 10 yards. I mean, he's wide open. There's no one near him. Right. And Dak you wonder if somebody badly. fell down. On, yeah, yeah, you right. wonder if somebody fell down on defense. Yep. And uh, they were both double moves, and, da- and Cooper completely fooled the, uh, the defensive back, and, and Dak missed them badly. And you could see, especially on the second one, that Dak, must, he must be hearing it from people that he's terrible at the deep ball because he was aiming it. He wasn't throwing it anymore. He was aiming it. The fourth and 15 to Beasley, why did he do that? Because he didn't, that when he was scrambling out to his left, he wasn't thinking. He just threw it, and he got out to Beasley. When he, when he thinks, he has problems. When he's just playing football, he's much better at it. But all season long, he's had problems with the deep ball. And I think Carroll knows it. What Carroll's going to do, I, what I would do, and I don't blame Carroll for doing it, it could end up biting him in the ass, but he'll say, you know what, screw it. If he hits the deep ball today, I lost a bet. But I'm not going to play him for that. I'm going to assume he can't hit yep. it again, and I'm going to stack the line, make sure uh, Zeke doesn't beat me, because Seattle's not too good against the run. And if Dallas can get, get anybody on, Bobby Wagner, Zeke could run, could run for that 200 yards you talked about earlier. Because Bobby Wagner is the only person who's going to be able to, able to tackle Zeke in this game here. So if Dallas can get, you know, if they can get one of their linemen on, they can get a, a tight end on just to block Wagner and to keep him off Zeke. Could be a big game here for Zeke. But uh, for the passing game, yeah, I'm worried. I, and I love how so many fans are like, oh, we got Blake Jarwin, the new uh, secret weapon. You know, folks, if he really was a secret weapon, Dallas probably wouldn't have broke him out against the Giants last week. They yeah. probably would have saved him for this game. Just, you know, just want to throw that out there for you. Listen, that was just, Giants are terrible. All right, Blake Jarwin's a blah, tight end. Uh, good for him that he caught three touchdowns, but it's, it's not going to happen again. It may not happen again in his career to catch three touchdowns, period, more or less in one game. But uh, I, I like the Cowboys in this game. I do. And if uh, I'll tell you one thing. If you like the Seahawks, wait until the last minute to place a bet because uh, right, the spread yesterday was one and a half. Now it's at two and a half. And the Dallas money is going to keep coming in. I think that spread gets the three. That's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Uh, that's a great point also just about the betting public and how many Cowboys fans there are out there. Uh, the term America's team may have dwindled a little bit over the past few years with obviously proliferation of uh, technology and a, a new age of uh, Patriots fans <laughs> growing up across the country uh, being there on TV all the time. But uh, you're going to see that move. You're, you're going to continue because there's just so much money that comes in on the Cowboys every week uh, because of their notoriety and uh, their uh, fame. What I find interesting about Dak, and uh, you are a Yankees fan, so you'll remember Chuck Knobloch and his uh, throwing problems uh, when he came to the Yankees. It's the yips. Like it's it's the it's the it's the idea that once they think about it, once they don't let their athletic ability and their muscle memory take over, they can't do it. And it's it's an amazing psychological and physiological discussion, right? Like just how how somebody who is so skilled and so athletic can all of a sudden forget that. Uh, but it just shows the mental block. And I think you're spot on. Um, if you're Pete Carroll, and you're not, but if you were Pete Carroll. Um, I think the play is don't let Zeke be. And I know I just last segment said, you know, uh, the offense, but this is a, a one dimensional offense. This is an offense that's predicated on Ezekiel Elliott. I, I think that Jason Garrett's going to forget about Amari Cooper. Uh, I think to your point, George, we're going to see by the book, 
this is what we do on this play. This is what my my Rolodex says uh, to you know use a term from a bygone era because that's what Jason Garrett is a, a coach from a bygone era. Um, I, I don't see a world where Dak completes enough deep passes to change Seattle's way of doing things. I, are are we on a second? So how do you how do you see this one finishing? Like, what is your overall prediction? Final score, winner, who moves on in this game? Well, when I say I don't trust Garrett, it's because I just think he's going to go to script. Yep. Yeah, you know, run, run Zeke, run Zeke, run Zeke, run Zeke, and it'll, it may take him too too long to get off that script. When he's waiting for Dallas to be down ten points, and all of a sudden, oh god, we better start throwing the ball. That's what I mean here. Now, uh, one prop bet I've liked. Uh, we talked about it yesterday with uh, Gabe and Cam. Is uh, the over? Th- uh, it was fifty nine and a half rushing attempts, both teams combined, in this game. I'll take the over here. You know, because once again, you got, that, that includes rushing attempts by the quarterbacks. I think Russell Wilson's going to run because we haven't seen Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott run that much this year. But in a right. one and done game, you know, when you're done, they're going to run. They're going to run for first downs. It doesn't matter if they get hurt now. Right. So they'll run for first downs. They'll run for what they have. Earlier in the week, on, in the week I think it was, I don't know what the prop is now, but for Dak Prescott, it was 19 yards rushing. I'll take the over there. Yeah, ni- 19 and a half is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, so it hasn't gone up all that much. Uh, so I'll, I'll take the over there, too, because I think today he uh, he's going to have to run to extend drives here. Uh, I know Dallas has been frustrating. I know France have been frustrated that Dallas hasn't done more designed runs. And once again, I'm worried about that because what, if it's Garrett again, he may not. But it, it, maybe he does open things up a little bit and realize he has to do some different things here and have some more designed RPOs with uh, with Dak and get him out there. You know, he's dangerous when Dak does that. I'm not, you know, he's not Lamar Jackson dangerous, but he's still, it's something else for the defense to account for that Dallas hasn't taken advantage of most of the season. So I think Dallas should uh, take some shots at that. I think, listen, when it comes to Seattle, they're not the team they used to be. I mentioned almost every position group favors Dallas. And it's, it's, some of it's not even all that close. The only uh, position group that I would take Seattle over that I can think of offhand is quarterback and the kicker. If you're a Cowboy fan, you do not want this game coming down to Brett Mayer. Because, man, he, he looks shaky in extra points. You know, it is indoors, so that's a bonus. But uh, anything else, I wouldn't trust that man in at all. And Janikowski, I'll take my chances there if I'm a Seattle fan, that he'll hit the field goal. Now, other than that, I mean, Dallas has the, uh, the better running back, uh, the better receivers, the better offensive line. The receiving group overall maybe is closer. But as far as top receiver, you'll take Cooper. You know, defensive line, they should be able to get rid of after Wilson all day long. And that's the other thing. This is the first time in NFL history that two quarterbacks sacked more than 50 times will play against each other. That's interesting to me because that means chance ball on the ground, right? If you're going to hit the quarterback, right. chance the ball is on the ground. You know, and then who gets that fumble? Because that could be a turning point in the fourth quarter if one of these quarterbacks gets hit. Uh, I, Scott Nagel and I talked about this earlier. Both quarterbacks have had problems with that. They do both put the ball on the ground. I believe the funny thing is uh, Dak has lost half of his fumbles. Which is about right, right? You put the ball on the ground, 50% of the time you get it, 50% of the time the other team gets it. Russell Wilson has only lost the ball 20% of the time. That's strange. I mean, uh, bounces have gone Russell's way. You know, that either his or his offensive line have been great at recovering fumbles, whatever it might be. So, it little, like I said, the stat really means nothing because I think it's really luck when it comes to fumbles or who gets it. Yep. But uh, oh, for absolutely. the most part, I think that could be a big part as well. Who, Which quarterback makes that big turnover. And once again, I trust that Russell Wilson won't. I understand with the fumble, you know, there's really nothing you can do about it. You're getting hit, you know, such as life. But I trust that Russell Wilson won't. I don't trust Dak. I think Dallas wins the game, but I do think it's close. I think it comes down to uh, a turnover. Oh, it could come down to one of these ticky-tacky roughing the passer calls or, yeah. you know, roughing the, the wide receiver. That wouldn't shock me either. That extends a drive. Yeah, targeting. Yep. Yeah, I think that, oh, that was BS calls. I think it's one, something like that that determines this game in the fourth quarter. So uh, we do have some interesting props here on the site I'm looking at. Again, shop around. This isn't the end-all, be-all that I'm reading here. Uh, different sites are going to have different numbers, but uh, it does have the 19.5 for Dak. Total yards for Russell Wilson, 22. And a, <laughs> total yards for Russell Wilson rushing, 22.5. Yeah. Once again, I think uh, the quarterbacks have to extend drives. I think Russell Wilson's going to be – if they have problems on that offensive line, and I forget the offensive lineman's name, but he's questionable coming in. He's the, the guard. If he can't play for Seattle, Russell's going to be running all day long. And yep. eventually he's, he's going to get that yard. I'll take the over there. All right, total passing yards, Dak Prescott, 238.5. Man, that's, that's a lot for Dak. 
It That's is. a lot for Dak. I'll take the under. Uh, Russell Wilson, 20, uh, 235.5. That's a lot for Russell, too, because both teams are going to run the same exact offense. They're going to run it yep. early. But I think, da- I think uh, Seattle's going to realize early on that Dallas will stop the run. I think Russell goes over. All right. Uh, total completions. Dak, 21.5. Seems like a gigantic well, number for Dak Prescott. Yeah, if, if I don't think he's getting the yards, he ain't getting those completions, so I have to go under. Uh, Russell Wilson at 19.5. 19.5. That really does sound about right. Um, when, I, when I say Russell's going to go over, I don't think he's going to go massively over. I'll go over here too, but I don't like it. I find these uh, intriguing here. So uh, total receiving yards, Amari Cooper is at 64.5. Dallas better hope it's over. Exactly right. Yeah, that's the thing. If you're if you're projecting Dallas to win, and you're projecting Dak to have a good game throwing, you then have to make the bet on the over here. Like, exactly. You have to. You have to it's get domino to that effect. Point. Right. So Tyler Lockett at sixty point five. Lockett, you're looking for the big play, and I think yep. they will take their chance. I think Dallas with their safeties could be susceptible to it. Uh, I, don't, I still don't love it, mind you. But, uh, uh, uh see, I, I won't touch this in it, but if I had to, I, I, I'll go the over here. So I think they'll try. All right, let's uh, round it out with some rushing yards. We've already done the, the quarterbacks. Uh, total rushing yards for Ezekiel Elliott, 92.5. Over. Mike Davis. And these are, this, I find these intriguing here. Uh, Davis, Carson, and Penny. So Davis is at 20.5. That's a, such a low number, but he's not the number uh-huh. one. Dallas has a good rushing defense. I, I want to say over here because I think uh, I wonder if they stop Carson. If they give Davis a shot. I'll go over. Well, that's that's the thing. So they have Carson at seventy eight point five, which Under. I think is high. Yeah, I, like that feels high. So do you make then Rashad Penny is at twenty two point five? I can't go over for Penny and Davis. Right, can't do it. I'll go under for Penny. I think that's right. And George, you know, George at the top talked about playoff uh, fantasy and the idea that you sort of need to map out the the whole tournament, right? All the way through the Super Bowl, figure out where you think everyone's going to win, map out how they get there, and then start making your picks. It's the same with these prop bets. You can't just wildly speculate on one of these three running backs without thinking of the influence of the other two and how the game will go. Like, what, what do you actually expect to have happen? And then you can sort of map out, well, all right, they stop Carson. Who's next? Is it Davis? Is it Penny? What sort of... Uh, you know, to use the phrase, game script are we going to see from Pete Carroll uh, that may influence the way these prop bets come to be. And uh, George has talked about many, many times over about his brother, about how he does it. These should be fun. Uh, these should be ways to watch the game and ways to be involved outside of playing fantasy per se. Uh, and so not things you're maxing out your bankroll on uh, because obviously injuries happen, uh, complete blowouts happen, and things just change completely. Uh, so have some fun with these. Uh, they are another way to, to keep involved uh, in these games as they go. And a lot of these sites now have in-game props as well. So you can sort of keep going as halftime hits or, or into the fourth quarter uh, could be a fun way to, to do it. So plenty still to get to here on today's show. We have two more games to break down. We'll talk about the wagers in the final segment. We'll talk DFS as well. Uh, DraftKings does have the full weekend. FanDuel did split it up Saturday and Sunday. Uh, and some of the other sites have full weekend games as well. So four games is enough to break down from a DFS perspective and get you the best plays uh, from each and every. And uh, I will say pricing is a little bit soft over on DraftKings. So you'll be able to build the lineup that you like heading into the weekend but the problem is so will everybody else uh as i said plenty to get to here on our fantasy sports program on fntsy radio find george on twitter at george kurtz find me at dan Strafford, and of course find fntsy at fntsy radio back with more on the other side of this you're listening to fantasy sports today oh, no. 